This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Your college football game day has come early. Goes down the field for Sicky goes up. Underdog triumphs to powerhouse showdowns. We've got your winning playbook covered. It's BetQLU with Chris Mack, RJ Choppy, and John Martin. Presented by BetMGM. And welcome in on the Odyssey Sports YouTube channel, on the BetQL network. Or as a podcast inside your free Odyssey app or however you get your podcast. Here we are. It's BetQLU for the final week of the regular season in college football. I'm Chris Mack alongside RJ Choppy. John Martin off this week enjoying the holiday. And we will help you hopefully enjoy it a little bit more. We've got five-star bets. Absolutely. You know you find those at BetQL. And our best bets before we wrap up the show. Also an update on Heisman Watch. Something may be happening that we suspected would happen in the Heisman race, uh, at least according to some straw polls that are floating around out there. We've got three huge games to break down, including one that will go a long way in deciding the Pac-12 and one that will decide a playoff spot in the CFP. But, Choppy, let's start there. Updated CFP rankings, dropping Florida State out of the top four, the Jordan Travis injury obviously playing a big part in that. Washington jumps up into the top four after their ugly win on the road in Corvallis. Georgia remains number one. Ohio State two, Michigan three. Georgia at plus 225, still the favorite to win the national championship. Michigan just behind them at 275. And speaking of just behind uh, the top four, mentioned Florida State dropping to five, Oregon six, Texas seven, Bama eight. So, Let's start with the Knowles. Um, Jordan Travis done for the season after he gets injured against Northern Alabama. Um, let, let's start with, with the Seminoles and what their playoff future looks like if it's still intact after losing Travis, considering they've got Florida, big rivalry game this weekend, and then Louisville in the ACC championship game. I mean, look, it's uh, you're, you're lying to yourself if, if you don't think that this impacts – you know, their their odds. It's I mean, Jordan Travis is, is terrific. Uh mm-hmm. now they're they're Florida State. They're not gonna have it's not me back there as his backup. You know, they're gonna have a quality player uh you know coming in and backing up. We've seen Cardale Jones do the same thing. Right. JT Barrett got hurt and, and and Cardale came in and 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 won the national championship for uh Ohio State. So we've seen that. We we've we've seen it happen, but it doesn't mean it's likely. Um, I struggled with what the committee should do with them. Uh, I, I thought I thought Washington was in a position with that a really good road win to jump them anyway. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I think that Florida State's you know prospects for a title are are uh, are dead and gone. 
Yeah, Tate Rotemaker, I mean, played well, but it's against, like we said, North Alabama. I mean, 13-23 for 217, a couple of touchdowns in the three quarters of work that Florida State's backup put in. Although, you know, Florida might be the perfect opportunity for him to tune up for the ACC championship game against Louisville. Um, We'll get into scenarios and uh, one chaos scenario. There's a couple chaos scenarios out there in particular, but let's go to the top four Instead of talking about the team that lands just outside of it, Georgia, once again, emphatic. Um, they, they look like they're settling in. For those mm-hmm. of us, including myself, I'm one of those guys that questioned them at times this year because of their sloppy starts, because they had to close out games late. They are stepping on the gas at just the right time. They look like they're, once again, the undisputed number one for a reason. Oh yeah, they uh, they, they they look like they are going. Uh, they're going places, man. They're going right back to where they started, which is the national championship picture. And that's, I mean, it, it would not stun me if they had a loss, uh, you know, in the SC championship game, and it wouldn't stun me if somebody picked them off in the final four. But I, I think their last three game stretch, where they really have dominated, I mean, not great teams, but good enough teams, teams that could bite you, uh, and they've dominated them every yeah. every single one. It uh, it's like okay. Daddy's home, and 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 we are gonna we're gonna ride this thing. So, look, I, I, if Georgia, I think they kind of locked up a spot, even if with a, even with a loss. Let me ask you that because that there's there's scenarios out there, and look, one of these chaos scenarios that I saw on the CFP reveal show Tuesday night includes, and I, I'll, I'll oh, I got this a bone picture. to pick with them too. I got a big bone to pick with them too. I'll get to that later. You, you, yeah, all right. So let's start with this scenario. Let's say Michigan beats Ohio State, right? Okay, Michigan beats Ohio State and then goes to the Big Ten Championship game and beats Iowa. They are undefeated Big Ten champs, 13-0. They're in, no question. Let's say Florida State beats Florida, takes care of business against Louisville and Charlotte. They're going to be 13-0 conference champs as well. They're in. Even with their backup quarterback, you can't keep an undefeated team out especially undefeated conference champs, they are in. Let's say Alabama does something you alluded to there a second ago and upsets Georgia in the SEC title game. You'll have Alabama and Georgia both 12-1, and both with some really quality wins on their record, but one big loss, and you'll have Bama as a conference champ. Um, Let's also talk Pac-12 briefly and say Oregon gets their revenge against Washington. In the Pac-12 title game. That assumes they get past the Beavers this weekend. Uh, And full disclosure, you guys know we do this show on Thursday nights. So it may be Saturday morning as you're listening to this. And we already know the outcome of the Civil War. Um, Keep that in mind as we talk about Oregon, Oregon State, specifically in a couple of minutes. But Oregon and the Pac-12 scenario as a whole here. Texas has a chance maybe to, to... I mean, if they win the Big 12, especially... They're going to get a ranked opponent, most likely, you know, depending on wh- whether it's Oklahoma or K-State, outside shot Oklahoma State. They'll beat a ranked opponent in the Big 12 title game if they win the conference championship. So we're talking three one-loss conference champs. We're talking three really teams in Georgia, Washington, and Ohio State. There's a lot going on here, man, that could 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 it actually lead to Georgia m- missing out? I mean, I suppose it could. Um, I think the committee in this situation, 
you know, Florida State really, you, you got to have Florida. I think Florida State's got to lose for Georgia to make it in, in this scenario. Okay. Um, yeah. Or, you know, like, because I, I, I do think that there's a situation where um, the committee will have to decide between Texas and Georgia. Everybody points to Texas and Alabama. I think if Alabama wins the SEC, they're in. They're going to take uh, a one-loss SEC champ. Um, I think so. I think regardless, if you know, the winner of the SEC is in. But doesn't um, Texas, Bama, and that decision come down to a simple, well, they beat them kind of thing? Like, like, that's what I co- – and, and people make that point. It's a really good – you can't ignore the fact that Texas beat Bama. And it was early in the season, and Bama was still finding their sea legs and all that. But, I mean, Texas beat Bama. And so – Given that, like I, I have a hard time if I'm the committee putting Bam- a one-loss Bama team ahead of a one-loss Texas team if both are conference champs. Right, but I don't think they're arguing between Texas and Bama. I think the winner of the SEC is just in at one loss. Mm. I think they're arguing between Texas and Georgia. That's okay. the argument. You know, like they're not, they're not going to keep the SEC out if if the winner only has one loss. Like that, unless unless there's four undefeateds, then then you've got that. But I just don't see it. And and this is my this is my my you know my complaint with the uh, the, the selection show. You know, uh, they were talking that you know the great you know McElroy said can't have the precedent set that uh, you know the head to head doesn't matter. Dude, they, they did it last year. You know, we saw that yeah. last year. Uh, you know, head to head didn't matter. Uh, you know, Bama was ranked five, uh, Tennessee was six, same record, didn't matter. So they've already set that precedent, and I agree with the precedent. I don't think the head to head should matter at all. I think the resume should matter because the style styles make fights. That's just you know. So some so, teams so just don't match up well with others. Let's let's look at the resume then. If we're in this scenario where Bama beats Georgia in the SEC title game and Texas beats the Red Raiders this weekend, and then whoever they get in the Big Twelve title game, right? So we'll have both of them at twelve and one. Both of them as conference champs, and you'll have Texas as that twelve and one Big Twelve conference champ with a record against ranked opponents at that point would be 5 and 0. Georgia at that point I think would be 4 and 1. Now, Georgia's only loss would be to Bama in the SEC title game, but would also have, you know, a, a team that's now unranked in Kentucky is one of their I guess ranked wins if you want to call it that. Um I, I don't know. I I I think I see an an opportunity here for Texas to sneak in if Bama, especially if Oregon should win out, and you've got three undefeated teams, let's mm-hmm. let's let's paint a scenario where it's Michigan, Florida State, and Oregon all undefeated conference champs, and we're deciding between uh, Bama or Texas as as the fourth one. I think there's a scenario where now maybe you're right. The SEC champ Bama gets in in that case, regardless. Um, and we're not even talking about Texas or Georgia. Texas just gets bumped because they're Big 12 champ, and it might be the weakest of the five major conferences in this scenario. Although, with the number of ranked teams, it's hard to argue that Florida State wouldn't be. Although, again, in this chaos scenario, they're undefeated. So, again, I understand the Big 12 is what it is, and it's not as strong as the SEC, but I would look at it and say, man, if Texas gets to that point, and Texas is twelve and one Big Twelve champs, and they are four and zero against ranked teams with their only loss against a ranked team, their only loss in the season coming to Oklahoma, um, I'd have a hard time, I think, 
not putting them in ahead of Bama. And I, I would, you could, you could sway me on an argument maybe for putting them in uh, uh, ahead of Georgia if it came down to that instead. Yeah. Oh, so, so it's, it's four and one, right? Three and one against three and the right one. team. Yeah. Sorry. Is that right? Three and one. Yeah. yeah they don't have math choppy. They all, come on. <laughs> yeah, they, they lose. They you beat see Bama. This Penn State hat I'm wearing, you know, math is not a strong suit. I, I know, I know, I know. It's not a good food suit either with Micah Parsons' turkey dinner uh, favorite sides. Holy cow. Um, yeah, because they, te- they would have beat Alabama. Right. Beat Kansas, K-State Kansas beat State. Oklahoma State. And yeah. then they lose to Oklahoma, so 3-1. and one. I mean, look, you can make a case for anybody. I just don't see a scenario where there's a one-loss SEC champ and there's not four undefeateds and they leave them out. Now, there's four undefeateds. Right. You know, then that's obviously, which is which is impossible now. But if there's four undefeated, I think there's a scenario there. Uh, again, I don't think they're deciding between Bama and Texas if Bama wins the SEC. I think they're deciding between, and I'm assuming Florida State loses. I think they're deciding between Texas and Georgia. It's also hard to see a scenario, and I hate to be this guy that makes it all about this, but we know it's the case where the college football playoff committee and the college football playoff has been built for television and their primary partner is ESPN, ABC, Disney, where their biggest rights holder conference does not get a seat at the table. Look, next year when we go to 12 teams and things are wide open, we won't have to worry about this anymore. But you can't convince me that in the final year of the four-team playoff, they're not going to go out of their way to ensure an SEC team gets represented because much like the the conversations we just had for the last five, six, yeah. seven minutes, you can make an argument for Bama or Georgia, even if, you know, they end up, even if Bama ends up with Texas, both one loss and both conference champs or whatever it may be, you can make an argument and yeah, you might piss off some people down in, in Austin. You might piss off some people outside of the SEC, but you're ESPN, you're Disney, you're the CFP, and don't tell me the committee and the e- and Disney don't go hand-in-hand hand somewhat. You're going to make sure your biggest boys get taken care of. Yeah, now, now there is one caveat to that, and that is you know that Texas will be in the SEC next year with a partner, and I don't know that there is a school that has more eyeballs on them than Texas. Right, that's the they're probably one of the biggest draws in this. They're they're a bigger draw than Georgia, TV wise. Yeah, I mean they've you're, got you're, more, they've got you know their fan base is much much bigger. So I don't I mean right maybe not nationally, but I mean like their fan base, the Texas fan base is just massive. So I don't know. I mean I, I think that um, they, they are the one team or one of the handful of teams that could sway that. But I think it's just going to be tough for them to leave out the uh, a one-loss SEC champ when there's not another undefeated. I, I just don't know that they're going to do that. Uh, that, that, that's, that doesn't mean they shouldn't do that. I just don't think they're going right. to do that. This would be a whole lot easier if Bama just hadn't lost to, to the Horns earlier this year. Yeah. They've thrown this whole monkey wrench into the process, a process that will continue with some huge games this weekend that we're going to get into, and we're going to break down in just a couple of minutes. Plus... Brett McMurphy uh, has done a little bit of a Heisman straw poll, and I think we may be some, seeing something play out, pardon me, that we kind of predicted here on BetQLU just this past week. We'll get into that in about 15, 20 minutes. But like I said, some huge games to talk about, including Bama, Auburn in the Iron Bowl, Oregon, Oregon State, the Civil War for the last time with both as members of the Pac-12 and a trip to the Pac-12 title game on the line for the Ducks. And coming up next, 
the big game, noon, Saturday, in Ann Arbor, Ohio State, Michigan. Is this an elimination game, and can Ohio State not just ruin Michigan's undefeated season, but bounce them from the CFP? Alongside RJ Choppy, I'm Chris Mack. We talk about it next right here on BetQLU. You've been listening to BetQLU, presented by BetMGM. If you missed any of the show, listen back anytime on the new and improved Odyssey app. Let's get back to BetQLU, presented by BetMGM. with and if you're stuck with cousin eddie and he's being a pain in the ass you just pop a little earbud in and you listen to us however you're getting us here this fine holiday weekend whether it's the odyssey sports youtube channel live on the betql network coast to coast or inside your odyssey app as a podcast or however you download your podcast thanks for joining us here on betqlu john martin off this week i'm chris mack alongside rj choppy in about 20 minutes we get into a discussion about the Heisman and something playing out pretty much as we thought it may, uh, or at least it looks like it could play out that way. And we get you our best bets of the weekend before we wrap up as well. Uh, just a reminder, when we get into the Oregon-Oregon State game, it's because we're doing this before the Oregon-Oregon State game happens. So if you happen to be listening to this on Saturday morning or late, late Friday night, sorry. We're going to break that game down for everybody else who's getting it before kickoff. Let's start, though, Choppy, the big game. Noon, Eastern, Fox, Saturday, Ohio State, number two in the country, at number three, Michigan. Uh, The spread at three and a half, it's hovered right around that number in the three and a half to four range all week. Total was as high as 47. It's come back down just a little bit, 46, uh, 45 and a half in a couple of spots. Weather not really a factor in this one, just your typical late November Big Ten weather, mid-30s and cloudy, no (laughs) wind, no rain. Um, Michigan's coming off this scare they had in College Park against Maryland. Um, But they were also in a weird spot on the schedule where they had just won in Happy Valley, their first really massive game of the year. And they were probably looking ahead to their other massive game on the schedule in Ohio State. Uh, And they had the whole Harbaugh TRO thing going on. Um, I I think Maryland's just a letdown spot for Michigan. It's why we saw them maybe struggle for a time as they did. Or am I wrong? Are there legitimate dents in Michigan's armor now that we have to consider? Well, I mean, they're finally playing teams that are halfway decent. Um, Yeah. You know, that that was was a big part of it, you know. And and they've allowed... You know, their two highest scoring output uh, against over the last three weeks, ironically, when they stopped cheating. Uh, it's weird how that works, but. Crazy. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's, uh, look, when you don't throw a pass in the second half, I, 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 I can't, I got nothing for you. Yeah. Like, that's just, that's not a, that's not a brand of football I want to watch. It's not a brand of football I respect either. It's like boring as hell, man. That's like, that's for middle schools. So I, 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 just because of that, I hope Michigan loses by 100 points. I hope <laughs> their they run, get their... Their run game is so dominant, though, at least when they play Penn State, um, yeah. that they're able to do that. They're able to just lean in on it and just absolutely bleed the clock dry. I know. I know. It's not fun. Can't throw a single pass. Oh, my gosh. 
the NFL coaches are rolling over in their grave right now, and they're still alive. They're still alive. Uh, at that, it was uh, it was it was terrible. But I mean, look, they're in all in all honesty, like, in all seriousness, they're a good team. Uh, this should be a great one. It really should. Like this is this is one that, man, if you're not looking forward to watching this, you just don't like sports. You know, you don't. Like, yeah. I, I I could do without I could do without a Tuesday NBA game in June <laughs> or in, uh, in January. Um, shoot, I could do without a Tuesday NBA game in June too. If you really want to get down to it, I'm not a big fan. <laughs> I don't care about the NBA at all, but uh, man, you 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 don't you don't want to watch this. You don't like sports. I I think this is an elimination game, though, right? Like this is Harbaugh won't be on the sidelines again. That doesn't affect Michigan at all, in my opinion. I think they're fine without him on the sidelines. We we've seen that. Um, they uh, they they're whether we like it or not, whether they're still cheating or not, whatever they are. The, the results speak for themselves. And I know they came against the little sisters of the poor and directional state A&M and all, all these teams that they loaded up the schedule with early in the year. I know they didn't play anybody until they played Penn State. I get it. But they have looked so dominant when, they, when they've won games, like to your point, they don't even have to pass it all in the second half. Um, all that being said, because of the fact that they haven't played anybody, I really think the committee's going to look at this as, at least for Michigan, an elimination game. If Michigan can't beat Ohio State, I don't think they're going to the playoff. They're done. This is their chance. They've got to beat Ohio State, and then they've got to beat Iowa in the Big Ten championship game next week. Yeah, so I think there's a scenario where they could get them in. Mm. All right, Florida State loses. Right. Georgia wins. Georgia wins out. Yeah. Texas loses. All right, Texas loses to K-State or whoever, whoever. they play. Yeah. Right. Washington loses the Pac-12 title game. To Oregon? Yeah, yes, I would assume okay. so, right? Okay, yeah. So, and maybe, maybe you need, and, you know, look, you may need another loss somewhere in there, but then your your final four would be Ohio State, Georgia, mm-hmm. I mean, you could throw a Pac-12 in. You could throw the Pac-12 champ in there. Oregon, or, yeah. And then you could throw in uh, Michigan. Yeah, you know what? That's that's an interesting scenario. Um, it's plausible. Because I, mean, you could, it, I could see all that happening. Yeah, I could see all that happening. The, the, the one that would really throw the monkey wrench in would be if the Washington loss <laughs> didn't happen – to Oregon in the Pac-12 title game, but somehow Arizona snuck in and upset Washington. That 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 throws that blows the doors wide open and completely off the thing. And then you're right, yeah, I could see Michigan, right. a one-loss Michigan without a conference championship game, uh, even getting played, sliding in there because it, the only thing there that I think would create a problem would be. And look, I'm not going to sit here and argue with anybody that Louisville's a better team than Michigan. They're not. But in that scenario, you've got a one-loss ACC champ Louisville, most likely, after beating Florida State, kind of lurking there right on the outside looking right. in as well. Well, then you got then you got to ask yourself, what is more important to the committee? Is it resume or is it the, um, you know, sort of the just the, the, the general view of who they think is a better team? Right. Yeah. And, and so it, 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 
Either way, it's a hell of an uphill climb for Michigan. I think they've got to start asking for too many t- cosmic tumblers to fall into place in order to make the playoff without beating Ohio State. Ohio State, on the other hand, like they've got enough leeway with the win over Notre Dame, even if it was against 10 players on defense, with the win against Penn State that ended up being as, as dominant as it was on the defensive side especially. I think they, they can lose to Michigan – and still somehow back into this thing more easily than Michigan can back into it. But I think for the most part, it's an eliminator. You win, I think you're in, as long as you don't screw things up against Iowa and Indianapolis next week. Um, You lose, you're probably out and counting for a bunch of things to fall in your favor. All right, let's go to the one that some people will have already watched by the time they listen to this show, and that is Friday night, an 8.30 Eastern, 5.30 Pacific kick. In Eugene, the Ducks hosting the Beavers. Number six, Oregon against number 16, Oregon State. 13.5 point spread. Hmm. 62.5 point total, which I believe has actually come down from like 63 earlier in the week. Oregon wins. They clinch a spot in the Pac-12 title game, a chance at revenge against Washington. Uh, Bo Nix, Oregon State's out of that picture now. The only other team that can find the Pac-12 title game against Washington would be Arizona. That would be if Oregon lost to the Beavers and Arizona won against the Sun Devils. Uh, Bo Nix, he's been putting up absolute video game numbers the last three weeks. We'll get into the Heisman conversation in a few minutes, but twelve hundred over 1,200 yards passing and 16 total touchdowns, including Ooh. two on the ground the last three weeks combined. Oregon State's defense, though, they've been fine-tuning some things again. The last four weeks, they've allowed less than 1,200 total yards of offense cumulatively, and they've got a chance to play spoiler against the Ducks before the Pac-12 disintegrates. Um, there's a lot of emotion on the on the Beavers' side here, but I do believe, we've talked about this a lot this year, RJ, I think they're one of those teams that is a different team at home versus on the road. And we've talked about home versus road bow as well. Home bow, completely different animal than road bow. I think that plays itself out. I don't know if it does to the tune of 13 and a half points on the spread, but I think it plays itself out in as much as the Ducks get the win here. Yeah, I think so. Um, look, the, the the road bow, home bow, you know, situation, I mean, it, it is what it is. But, dude, I mean, like that, you know, I, I see a lot of people like kind of dissecting their resume. Man, mm-hmm. this that, that's a good team. Like that is a really, really good football team. Um, and and I know that you know Oregon State gave Washington you know a real good game in in terrible weather, terrible weather. But they're a different they're a different home team. They're yeah. different, and, and 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 so is so is Oregon. So uh, that's why the spread's so big. I mean, that really is. I mean, that, that is that is a home bow road bow thing. Oregon is nasty in Eugene. Yeah, that defense, I mean, given what, and again, the weather played a big part in Corvallis last Saturday night, but that DJ Uyunglele was not, if that's the one they get in Eugene this weekend, then I don't worry about the 13 and a half points. But that was that was one of the worst performances I've seen from him in a game where they were still in it down to the very end. He still made some decent throws here and there, but there were some that I just, again, maybe it was the weather, but... I found myself shaking my head. I don't think Oregon, if Oregon State doesn't get something from DJU on Friday night, and by something I mean a couple of plays that make your jaw hit the floor, 
I don't think they stand a chance in this thing. And again, the 13 and a half may be too rich for my blood, but if he can make just, just give me two big plays, DJ, two big plays, they've got a chance to pull off the upset, I think. Yeah, they do. They, you know, that's the problem. You know, can he give you two big plays? Right. That, that's the big question. You know, can he do that? Because, I mean, there's been situations where he just hasn't come close to doing that. Um, you know, and, and again, in a road environment, in a tough game, in a, in a, in a, uh, a rivalry game, Look, there's a reason he ain't at Clemson anymore. There's a there's a big reason, um, and and he's he's done he's done well. I'll give him that. He's done well. That that is a team. I, I thought they were going to beat Washington last week. I thought they were. I thought they were going to bludgeon them with the line of scrimmage. Uh, I thought they were going to make it life miserable for the Huskies, and they didn't. Um, and and there's not going to be a near environment more suited for them to win. Bad weather, home game at night. If they couldn't do it then, I don't see how they do it this week. All right, both of the SEC title competitors will have rivalry games, but letdown games perhaps this weekend. Let's talk about the Iron Bowl. Number eight, Bama, still holding on to some thin threads of uh, of getting into the CFP. If they can beat Georgia in that SEC title game, it certainly opens up the possibility. On the road against Auburn in the Iron Bowl, Auburn is just... This is another down year for for old War Eagle. And uh, 14.5, the spread. I would not hesitate to see Bama take care of business. But again, the letdown spot here, the look ahead. um, I'm not buying into it, and I'll get into it with my best bet with Georgia and Georgia Tech. I don't think I'm buying into it with the Tide in the Iron Bowl this weekend either. I think they take care of business in a pretty emphatic way in tuning up for the SEC title game. Yeah, I, I agree. Uh, we all saw what happened last week with uh, the old New Mexico State getting $1.8 million. Uh, that didn't work out too well. Uh, so I, I totally see the same situation. I mean, Bama is a much different team uh, than they were three weeks ago than they were six weeks ago. Yeah. Uh, yeah. They are they are much, much better. And I, I don't see there, – there is a collision course happening right now between them and Georgia. They, they are on a collision course of the SC Championship game. Yep, and that's another eliminator. We talked about Ohio State, Michigan being an eliminator. That's an eliminator next week, which, again, lends itself to the look-ahead angle for those that want to play it on either Bama or Georgia this weekend. I'm just not buying it because I doubted Georgia all year, right? I'm not buying into it anymore. As for Jalen Milrow, I doubted him all year for good reason. The first four, five, six weeks of the season, he didn't look – he was not it. I, I I just didn't I, I said it multiple times in the first half of this season. Jalen Milrow is not it, Nick. He's not the guy. And to your point, over the last three, four, five weeks, he has been that dude. Like that is a guy that not only can upset Georgia in the SEC title game, but he, he can I don't want to say coast, but he can definitely cover 14 and a half against Auburn. He's the real deal. And so we don't do this often enough in sports talk radio. I will Mea culpa. I will apologize. Jalen, Jalen, I know you're listening. I know you're watching. I know you have nothing better to do this week and getting ready for a really <laughs> bad Auburn team. I'm sorry. I was wrong about you. At least the last month and a half, you have been that dude. So there you go. My yes, open apology has. to Jalen Milrow. <laughs> yeah. uh, I'm sure he's definitely listening to it. Um, yeah. He absolutely, <laughs> he absolutely has been better. And, and like that is a testament to him. 
Uh, it's a testament to Nick Saban. Um, you know, like co- you know, coaching. Yeah. You know, I think in the college game, I-, I don't think they get enough credit. I think people like you know, I-, I think we look at more recruiting than anything else in the college game. But I, I think collegiate coaching from a develop these are still developmental coaches, uh, less so than high school, less so than middle school and stuff. But and certainly, uh, but certainly far more than the NFL. Uh, you know, yeah. coaching, I think at the college level, is still about development. Um, and, and, and Nick Saban does a great job. I mean, he, he, I mean, look at Mac Jones and his growth. Um, you know, the, he couldn't really develop Jalen Hurts, but let's not assume, let's not look like Jalen Hurts wasn't great at Alabama still. He still yeah. was. He didn't throw the ball very well. And I don't think Saban totally trusted him, but man, that's, that's been a, it's been a really good job. We will uh, talk about that Heisman watch that we mentioned earlier and talking about Bo Nix. And the past two weeks have been quite telling, at least according to one source in particular. Plus, we got to get you our best bets before we wrap this up as well. In the final week of the regular season in college football, John Martin's off enjoying the holiday alongside RJ Choppy. I'm Chris Mack. This is BetQLU. You've been listening to BetQLU, presented by BetMGM. If you missed any of the show, listen back anytime on the new and improved Odyssey app. Let's get back to BetQLU, presented by BetMGM. And welcome back in. It's the final week of the regular season in college football. Conference championship week awaits when we will firm up which four teams are headed to the CFP. We talked about that picture earlier. If you missed that conversation, you know you can get BetQLU as a podcast inside your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen to us live, of course, across the BetQL network, coast to coast. And every Thursday night, we're right there on the Odyssey Sports YouTube channel as well. John Martin off this week. Hope you're enjoying your Thanksgiving holiday weekend, whatever you're up to. Whether you're working, whether you're playing, whether it's with family, friends, or people you can't stand, a.k.a. family. Uh, I hope you're enjoying it alongside RJ Choppy. I'm Chris Mack. And before we get to our best bets, Choppy, we called it. We called it. Now, look. We usually celebrate when we get things right. That's just what we do. We we pull a muscle, patting ourselves on the back, right? I mean, hell, when you get things wrong, we even celebrate you getting them right. We've been known to do that. Hey, I, I appreciate that very much. Because we love you, and we like yes. to boost your self-esteem. It's what we do around here. We support each other, you know? And I called it, and I think we were all pretty much on board with this philosophy last week, that the Heisman race was going to swing wildly in the favor of Jaden Daniels last weekend. And, well, look what happened. It did. Because who did LSU play? I don't even know. Louisiana Community College Technical Institute. Um, it doesn't matter who LSU played because they dominated them. And Jaden Daniels put up numbers. Apologies, Georgia State. Uh, I shouldn't insult you that way. 56-14 was the <laughs> final. Jaden Daniels, like I said... Put up numbers, 25 of 30, 413 yards passing, uh, 10 carries for 96 yards. Is that, 
Do I see that? Eight total touchdowns, six passing, two rushing. He figured in on every single LSU score, which is why I, I figured this would happen. He would slide into the favorite spot in the Heisman race, which he has done yep. now at minus 110. And Bo Nix and Michael Penix would take a little bit of a step back because even though Nix especially continues to put up the video game numbers I mentioned earlier, those two are going to split the vote out west. Everything south of uh, the Mason-Dixon and east of the Mississippi, bang, it's going to be a Jaden Daniels vote. Probably everything east of the Mississippi, actually, because uh, Maserati Marv, as Gus likes to call him, has fallen out of the race after a less than stellar performance last weekend. And everything west of, say, Lubbock is going to get split right down the middle between Bo Nix and Michael Penix. And so what do we get? We get evidence of this Tuesday night, or Tuesday morning, I guess it was. Brett McMurphy tweets out, he's conducted uh, two Twitter polls in the last two weeks. Okay, it's a Twitter poll. It's not exactly the most scientific thing. This isn't Steve Kornacki of MSNBC breaking down precinct by precinct how the vote is rolling in. But he quite simply asked people, who gets your Heisman Trophy vote? 48,000 respondents came in at... 12% Marvin Harrison, 21% Michael Penix Jr., 26% Bo Nix, and 41% said Jaden Daniels. And yeah, it's just a Twitter poll choppy, but I think when you consider the constituency that votes for the Heisman, it's probably a pretty representative poll of what we can expect to go down. Again, assuming nothing changes greatly between now and and the time those votes are placed. Interesting you went with Steve Kornacki and not John King. Very interesting <laughs> there. Uh, yeah, I would have thought John King would have been the guy to go to. Kornacki's the is, guy that is, I see on Sunday Night Football, so I just I, I went with him. And he, he wears glasses, <laughs> so he looks smarter. Okay. Uh, he does. He has the glasses, uh, as opposed to the Silver Fox haircut. Okay. Right. I see right, it. Yeah. Um, he rolls up the sleeves. He looks like he's ready to go to work. Yeah. <laughs> So I um uh, this is this is tough because like you know the Heisman Trophy has kind of gone in a cycle where it um is it the best player on the best team is right. it the best player don't you have to have such a an elite year to win it on a three loss team. Like you've got to, you know what I mean? Like that that's that's yeah. my big hold up here. Um I see you know, that. What, what is you know what I mean? Like so what is the award? Like but if quarterback is the is the most important position in the sport and you're you have three losses, um I don't know, like am I gonna put am I gonna give that to you? Meanwhile, it's um you got Penix, you got Bo Nix. I think a lot of it will come down to you know the uh the, the next week or so. You know, and and how these two, the those three players, really finish. Yeah, and I just see Jaden Daniels' quarterback rating like up north of two hundred, which uh, I don't understand how yeah. that's possible, but I guess it is. Um, I and the, the key for me here is that I know Penix and Knicks can do things with their legs as well. I've seen them do it on occasion, um, but what Daniels adds on the ground is like some next level stuff, especially the last three yeah. weeks. Like the last three weeks, he's at, let me do the quick math in my head, 390, 400, 397. He's over, 
almost 500 yards rushing in the last three weeks and five touchdowns on the ground in three weeks to go on top of the over 1,000 yards passing and 11 touchdowns in the last three weeks. So you, you make a good point about the team and, like, can you win the Heisman if you're on a t- If this were like, if we were still, if, if Shador Sanders were putting up these numbers and we were talking about a team scraping by to try and find bowl eligibility, I'd be like, okay, I hear what you're saying now. I can't put a Heisman vote on a dude on a losing team mm-hmm. or a 500 team. But when it's, when you're, when you only got three losses and you look at the losses and there's some, Pretty solid teams, a, a really good Florida State team early. The Ole Miss loss yeah. stings. It has to sting. And, of course, Bama. Um, I, I look at it and say, you know what? I, I'm okay with that. And, and, again, because of the versatility that Daniels has and the way he's exploded the last three weeks, I'm all good with that. Yeah, I mean, it, it wouldn't bother me if you won it. It wouldn't bother me at all. I just I, I don't know that when it gets down to it, you know, if Washington wins out and they're Pac-12 champs, they're undefeated, like – you know, because the votes have to be in before the conference championship game, right? Is that what it is? Where they come in? Yeah, I think they have to be in before before the conference championship games. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, and, and and look, I mean, if 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 Washington's undefeated, I think it's gonna be tough. I think it's gonna be tough to keep Penix out of it. Uh, it you know, I, I just think it's gonna be difficult, but it's not gonna stun me. And I think the splitting votes thing, it, it, it still plays. I don't know if it plays as much as it used to, where it used to be very very regionalized. Um, you know, but we've seen, so, I mean, there's been enough. That- I'm going to take a step back and correct us. They don't have to be in until Monday, December 4th. So if people want to hold out and, and watch the conference championship games to get their votes in, they can do that. Yeah. And look, that, that, but see, that opens up the possibility too to like, let, let's say Penix and Knicks play each other in the Pac-12 title game and they both go off and, you know, against quality defenses too. Let's say we get like an instant classic where they're both just slinging the rock all over the yard. We go to double OT and one of them wins, you know, 58 to 55 or something crazy. Yep. It'll look really good. And and everybody will be attracted to that. And that'll be, that'll be great for those two guys and recency bias and all that. And everybody will have not seen Jaden Daniels play for a week and everything that rolls into it. I still see the vote split coming uh, basically yeah. right down. Cause if you add up the, what, what, you know, if you use McMurphy's poll here again, highly unscientific, it's just a Twitter poll or a couple Twitter polls, you add up Nixon and Penix, you get 47%. It's more than Daniels, 41%. Bang. There you go. You got a pack 12 yeah. Heisman winner. But when you split it down the middle like that, I just, I, I think it's, I, I think it's too much. And I think Daniels ends up pulling it off unless he absolutely falls apart this weekend. Well, yeah, and, and I think the issue there is, by the way, if you're a voter and you turn your ballot in before all the games are completed, you should you lose doing? your vote immediately. Yes. You should lose your vote immediately. I think Agreed. what happens in your – and I wonder if, you, if in your scenario, if it's like this mega game and both guys play amazing, if mm-hmm. those guys get nothing but first and second place votes, if everybody gives their first and second place vote to them, the best James right. Daniels can do is get a bunch of thirds. Now, I don't know, is – is there a way for that to you know have him leapfrog? I, I wouldn't think so. I don't know how they tally it, but um, I, I think that you know we're gonna be in a, we're gonna be in a tough situation here, um, especially if if they if there's a lot of people who turn their ballots in before the final weekend of the season. Yeah, Woo. Woo. I, I, 
I, I can't. I, you got you got to sit down and watch through the conference championship games. Otherwise, like you said, what are you doing? All right, time to get people what they came for. Our best bets. Update the records real quick. Uh, John, who is off this week, John Martin, enjoying the Thanksgiving holiday with family. Six, five, and one to this point. Choppy, five, five, and two. Still hasn't hit on one of his pizza money parlays, but that's okay. That's okay. That's what they're there for. They're, they're a pizza money parlay because they're just a flyer you're taking on some hoping to hit it big. It's a lottery ticket. Uh, I am eight, five, and one to this point in the year. So, Choppy, give it to me. Do you, first of all, do you have a pizza money parlay this week? Oh, I, I, I do. I do have yes. one. Uh, Give let's it go me. with. All right, let's go with Cal money line over UCLA, okay. San Diego State money line over Fresno State, and Ohio State money line over Michigan. And that mm. beauty right there will pay you twenty three to one. So twenty three nice. to one on that bad boy. Throw ten bucks down. It's a, it's a you know it's a pizza. It's a pizza. I love uh, it. I, like, I love it. You know, I'm going back to the well. I've, I've had this team all year. I'm going back to Colorado State and give okay. me Colorado State minus five and a half against Hawaii. Okay. Uh, I will, you know, I am getting bold here at the end because I've got a little bit of a lead on you guys in the best bets department. And yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm feeling it. And you know what? I talked it out with, with just between the two of us earlier. I don't think it's a letdown spot for Georgia. I don't think it's a letdown spot, especially for Bama in the Iron Bowl against Auburn. They know they're going to meet in two weeks. They know that a trip to the college football playoff will most likely be on the line, that it's most likely an eliminator game. It is a huge line in Atlanta. The Bulldogs are laying 24 and a half to the Yellow Jackets. I'm good with it. Give it to me. Give it to me. And you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to throw this on top of it. Yeah, we're going to parlay it because I'm feeling froggy. Uh, The Tide, minus 14 and a half over Auburn. You parlay those two together, you get plus 272, nearly three to one odds. So go ahead, put me down for the parlay. Georgia covering against Tech and Bama covering against Auburn. That is my best bet of the weekend. You can uh, mock me later when it doesn't come home if it doesn't, but I would prefer you tail it and we all make some money, just like Choppy and his pizza money parlay. I like it. I like it. I think it's a good bet. I think those are both solid bets. If Georgia we're doesn't win by more than 24, holy cow. What are we doing? Yeah, Georgia Tech's yeah. disastrous, and uh, we know what Auburn is. They're not much. All right, next weekend, we'll all be back, the whole gang back together to talk about the conference championship games and what we expect that CFP to look like in one final look as well at the Heisman race, which we just broke down for you. For John Martin, uh, who's enjoying the holiday with family and friends. For our producer, Zach Curl. For RJ Choppy, I'm Chris Mack. This has been the final regular season edition of BetQLU. You've been listening to BetQLU, presented by BetMGM. If you missed any of the show, listen back anytime on the new and improved Odyssey app.